We open our scouting notebook and take a look at some 2024 NHL draft recent viewings we've had for forwards coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down some uh, some recent notes we've got on some forwards we've checked out in the recent weeks, uh, some top forwards in the NHL draft uh, for 2024. We'll start off with players like John Mustard, Miguel Marquez. On the Russian side, Nikita Artemanov and Igor Chernyshov. I'll move through some Swedes and some WHL prospects as well. CHL overall, we're going to talk about a bunch of players today. We'll give you the breakdown on how they play, what we like about them, what we, what we think they're going to project as, and all that good stuff. But before I get into any of it, um, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day and leave us a rate and review. It helps the channel out a lot. So let's get things started here. I think we can start off with the Russian pair. Um, there are two players, you know, um, Nikita Artemanov has been spending the whole year in the KHL, but Chernyshov has been doing the shuttle a bit between the KHL and the MHL in Russia. Talk me through these two players, how they're different and how they project and which one you like the most. These are two fascinating wingers. Uh, Nikita Artemanov is a 5'11", 187-pound uh, right winger, a left shot, uh, who is a bit older for the draft class as a November 05 birthday. And he has been lights out in the KHL all season long with Torpedo yeah. Novgorod. Uh, he has been a consistent player in all three zones for that team uh, in the offensive zone. He's a really capable playmaker, constantly trying to get pucks to the middle, really effective in transition as well. Uh, he's a player that I've really grown to appreciate a ton. And uh, on the defensive side of the game, he's also very involved. He's constantly trying to, get, to, to to do some things, but he is a lot quieter defensively than he is in transition and offensively specifically. It's more of a work in progress, even though the work like effort is certainly there. But in transition, he is so composed. He consistently makes the right play in a split second, constantly trying to move the puck, rarely hangs on to the puck too long, especially in the KHL where pressure can really come from any side and any angle. And when you're a draft eligible 18 year old, that can always be a, a lot to deal with. And while the KHL isn't the strongest league compared to like what it was a couple years ago, it's still impressive to see what Artemano has been able to do with, with his high end motor, his quick thinking and his decent toolkit. Uh, Igor Chernyshov has less refined habits but is way toolsier. And I think that his upside's a bit higher. So I have Chernyshov ranked as my eighth ranked prospect, whereas Artemanov is at, at 13th. They're in the same range. Uh, they were a lot closer a couple weeks ago in my, my rankings than they are now, but there's been a lot of movement in there. So it's it's yeah. not as big of a gap as like eight versus 13 might make it seem. And he is six foot two, 192 pounds. He's also a November 05 birthday. And he is powerful. He's a really slick power winger who, 
really fits the mold of what modern European power forwards are are kind of becoming now when, when they're entering the NHL draft. And we've been seeing this, especially in the last, like, what, five, six years where we start seeing, like, European power forwards who have the combination of strength and middle drive and goal-scoring ability, high-end handling skill, really good puck protection mechanics. Trinishev has all of that. He is... Certainly a goal scorer rather than a playmaker. The playmaking game is the big standout weakness that I've seen uh, both in the NHL and in the KHL level, obviously, especially in the KHL. He's been a raw goal scorer there. Like his, he attempts, he attempts a decent amount of slot passes, but they're often blind and often panicked and, and very rarely completed. So his playmaking game needs a lot of work, but his defensive game, both uh, in the offensive zone as like a, an offensive puck retriever retriever or defensively on the back check has been super impressive. Very, very, very active defensively far more so than Nikita Artemanov. And he's smarter with his defensive game than Artemanov is as well. He has a really good sense of where he has to be in the defensive zone to really help protect the, the slot and, 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 put in a decent shift to prevent high danger scoring chances against and in transition really really confident with the puck on a stick and uh the handling skill is a real strength and when you combine that with his actual like physicality there are time there are sequences where it looks like he can't even get the puck stripped off of him against professional competition so He's a player that I've really been growing on again in the last month uh, after being really high on him earlier on in the draft cycle, which I know that you were as well. Yeah. And uh, the, the the tools are just so very impressive. And I could I could see him easily topping out as like a, a high-end top six versatile power forward who can do a lot of the dirty work both in the offensive zone and in the defensive zone, uh, which yeah. I appreciate a ton. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Chernishov's just a monster. His his MHL tape is just not fair. He's just bullying junior players in, in Russia right now. Uh, and in the KHL with a league that's been a bit more permissive towards young players with less and less imports coming into the KHL, um, he's been kind of, he, he still struggled to find a spot. And, you know, instead of playing 30 seconds a game, he's maybe playing six minutes a game when he shows up. But yeah, it's six really good minutes of good defensive hockey, good transition play. Um, still needs to work on his smarts, I think. That's that's one thing that is kind of hit or miss. But overall, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Chernyshaw brings to the game. Um, but there are two more uh, players we want to discuss in this segment. First and foremost, I want to talk about Miguel Marquez out of the WHL. Um, a decent, an average-sized player. Um, he's listed right now at uh, 5'11", 172. He looks a tiny bit bigger than that. Um, plays for Lethbridge in the WHL, um, a, a team that hasn't really been the most consistent but he's been a consistent scoring force on on their uh, on their team. He's a really in your face player. He'll cut to the middle. He'll cut across your body. Um, he'll attack you head on, put you on your heels, and just create consistently off the rush. Um, he's also really good at, at going from corralling a puck to making a play. So he's not a player who needs a second or two to set up the puck before making his play. He's able to make plays in motion um, and 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 kind of blend his pass receptions into passes or shots really really well. Um, the skating is about average, I'd say. The physical game is definitely lacking. Um, but overall, this is a player who has a really good shot, who has a solid playmaking touch, great hands, um, and a surprising amount of intelligence. You know, on top of the toolkit being refined, he uses it really well. He pulls out a pass when he needs to, a shot when he needs to. His shot pass toggle is really on point. Um, and he doesn't overhandle the puck. 
So he's a player who's comfortable playing give and goes and attacking the slot and making these small intricate plays that are really NHL translatable. So I have him 33rd overall right now in my rankings, and I'm pretty comfortable with that for the moment. He might even climb into my first round by the end of the year. Like I'm a pretty big fan of what he brings to the game. Um, and John Mustard is a bit of the same, but he's, he's definitely a bit younger and a bit more physically refined. His decision-making isn't as good as Marquez's, but Mustard has some really interesting hints of a power forward game. He's not there yet by any means. I wouldn't call him a bona fide power forward right now, but he has all the individual tools to put it together and make it work at the next level. Really good shooter, um, especially off the back leg, especially off reception. Really good catch and release wrister. Um, another player who loves to play give and go drive the net. Um, but it's a bit less in your face. He he can he can get pushed to the periphery a little bit, and um, but he doesn't get stuck there for long. He's able to drop the shoulder and, and push inside a check and and get to the middle of the ice. And you know, defensively for me, John Mustard has a, a quality that I like, which is that he's consistently looking for trailers to tie up. So when he's back checking he'll kind of sense that there's a defenseman coming behind him and kind of tie him up to open up some, some free work there. So six foot 185, a left shot, left winger. Um, he plays a bit of a meat and potatoes game for Waterloo in the USHL, but I think there's hints of a power forward game that can be developed over time with him. So I'm really impressed with him as well, but that wraps things up for our first segment, um, com- uh, including our two comparables there. We'll get into our second segment. We're talking about a bit more of the, of the general class overall. Um, there's a Sweden Lucas Pedersen that you've liked recently. So we'll get into him. I'll also talk about Cole Baudouin, Julius Mietinen, two really big boys uh, right after these messages from our sponsors over at Indeed and uh, sorry, Right after these messages from our sponsors over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into power, speed, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, which is available to U.S. customers only, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be discussing um, players like Lucas Patterson, Cole Baudouin, Julius Mietinen, and Topias Huninen. Don't worry, we'll tell you all about these players so you get to know them a bit better later on. But let's start with Lucas Patterson. Um, you and our uh, crossover scout, uh, David Saad, have been really big fans of his um, and his game over in Sweden there. And, you know, Sweden's been a bit dry other than Alphonse Frey in the first round, but I've, I've heard some glimpses of Lucas Patterson top 32. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like for for Swedes for sure. If you're if you're adding Swedish bass players, of course, I've got my boy Dominic Bedinka in there too. Of course, but, but uh, Lucas Pedersen's been interesting. I, I I'm not quite as enthusiastic as David Saad, who's been doing some crossover work uh, in Sweden, has been in his early viewings. But I see a player who is really really high motor. Uh, he uses that very effectively, especially defensively. Applies pressure really nicely. I've watched every minute he's played in the SHL so far this season, which I think totals to about 10 in like 
four separate games. He's yeah. not playing very much when he's getting uh, when he's getting glimpses at the SHL. But he he's interesting. Like like this is this is a player who can play on the wing or at center. Uh, and he is 5'11", 165, but he's an he's an April birthday, 06. Um, and and he's he's interesting. Like I think it, he's always at his best when he's going at higher paces. He's a yeah. lot he's a lot more tentative when he's at slower paces. And it's also because his tools, I don't think are individually all that high end. What makes him interesting is that he's able to blend what he has very, very well together and layer them on top of one another. So when he's going at higher speeds, that's when the handling kind of thrives. That's, that's when the playmaking kind of pops off is when he's able to use his speed, use his intensity to really consistently like create new passing lanes and, and like surprise defenses with just with, with his raw level of intensity. And it also means that I think that he has a decent fallback game. If, if the scale doesn't quite take, he's a really good checking winger and, and defensively capable, which certainly makes him a bit, bit easier of a pick in like that second round range. I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical about top first round upside at this stage, but I know some scouts that I have a lot of respect for have him in that range. So I, I keep, I keep looking back in his direction to see if, uh, if I'm a bit more optimistic, but as of right now, I still think that he projects best as a role player in a likely like a, a third line capacity at most. For sure. Um, speaking of which, I think Cole Baudouin fits that role pretty well. Um, yeah. But in a bit of a more power style, uh, Cole Baudouin is a pretty big uh, center. He's been, I mean, he's been splitting time between center and wing. He's listed at 6'2", 201. And I think he's the best puck protector in this draft, maybe outside of Celebrini. Like those two are really, really good at shielding pucks. But there's something about Cole Baudouin. I mean, I think it's a combination of size and really good technique. Like usually players of size playing in, in the CHL, um, they don't really need to develop technique in order to protect pucks. They're just really big and being big does, I mean, requires less, um, adaptation as you climb the ranks. Right. But with Cole Boudouin, there's something about the way he protects pucks that really strikes me well. The technique as well. He drops his weight, um, keeps his leg out, uh, uses his, his hands really well off the puck, uh, off the stick in order to shield the puck and make sure that he can keep one hand uh, on the stick and, and the puck in possession. Um, he's been playing for Barry recently. I think he's on like slightly under a point a game. Um, but overall, I've just been so impressed with the puck protection ability, the physical game, the strength, and also the shot has been pretty interesting. Um, he's also a fantastic defensive player. Like his, his defensive game is polished and refined, and um, he does a, pr a really good job of identifying checks in the defensive zone and um, staying on top of, of what his responsibilities are in his own zone. Like that's a really important thing for me. So the foundation of defensive game and physical skill is really impressive with Baudouin, and I think that's giving him a pretty safe floor as a third liner who can do a good job. I just don't know how much more of he can develop his tools in order to get there. Um, in terms of, you know, playing maybe on a second line as a complimentary player. I see him a lot more as a really, really safe third liner, a player who's going to give you good shifts on the penalty kill. Who's going to work the cycle really well, but who's mainly going to delegate off the rush in terms of transition offense. Um, he's an, he's an interesting player. I have him ranked 43rd overall. And I think that's where he ends up at the end of the year, unless something major changes in his projection and the way that he, he approaches the offensive game. Um, but meanwhile, we have Julius Mietinen, who is actually the last ranked player in my top 64, um, a massive Finnish winger playing in Ev with Everett in the uh, WHL right now, six foot three, 207 pounds. And this guy's a tank. I mean, he's a type of player who 
once he gets going, he, he's like a big rig. Like he'll just he'll just develop speed over long distances. And once he hits his top speed, he's just gonna crush through you. And 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 even with the puck, he's comfortable throwing a hit, a reverse hit, while skating at full speed with the puck on his stick. He's a he's a freight train of a player. I just think that the on puck game, the tools, the hands, the shot, the playmaking aren't refined enough for me to be fully comfortable with his projection. But a player this big who can get who has a top speed this impressive is definitely worth looking at in the second round. I'd be surprised if he lasts long. Um, and overall, I think that, you know, you can develop him into a really interesting player long term. I don't think that necessarily you're going to be getting a bona fide top six player, but you know, at his best with the right refinement, with the right tools developed, if he develops into a complimentary second liner or a really good third liner, I think that's the ceiling for him. But the floor, the floor is lower um, than with Cole Baudouin, for example. I think there's a chance he doesn't make the NHL. Um, but at the same time, a player this big uh, w- with the top speed that he has and with the with the physical skill that he has, I mean, that's rare to find. I don't think he's lasting long on draft day. I'm pretty sure he'll be gone by 40, but we'll see. Um, but moving on to, I, I want you to talk me through uh, to P.S. Hoonan in here to end things off. Uh, a speedy Finnish winger uh, who does a lot of work, from what I understand, a lot of a lot of effort in this game, and decent playmaking metrics, right? Yeah, I mean, if Lucas Pedersen was, I described as as being a high motor player, uh, Hoonan brings that up a notch beyond oh, that. Yeah. Like he is, he's all motor. Uh, really, really, really intense forward. He's five foot ten, 170 pounds, left shot, right winger, uh, December 05 birthday, and he's been playing with Ukrit uh, in Finland, both with yeah. the U20 team and uh, in in Liga, where he's been playing most of his games so far this season in a uh, bottom six capacity, playing around nine to eleven minutes a night, um, and and that's really been where where he's been <laughs> been, been playing the most and. At the junior level, he's been flashing some really, really impressive playmaking. He's constantly yeah. getting pucks to the middle, constantly getting pucks to high danger areas, far more so than any other draft eligible I've seen in uh, Finland's U20 league so far this season. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, Konsta Hellenius has not been playing there. And uh, I, I'm not really counting Essay Polkin in, in that discussion right now. But um, but Hunan has been, been really fun uh in flashes in junior. I still have a lot of questions of just how that can project, especially because at the legal level, he's been entirely a de- defensive winger. Like our, our Finnish scout, Annie Karvinen watches a lot of you could at play and always mentions like, I never notice that he's on the ice because he is incredibly not involved offensively against professional competition. Like he is not a high end playmaker or passer by any stretch of the imagination. The goal yeah. scoring is it, it, clearly subpar uh, for, for professional league, but the effort level, the offensive uh, uh, retrieval ability, the defensive work rate are all real harm, hallmarks of his game. He's not a player that I think I'd personally be taking a swing on the top 50 or top 64. And I, I doubt he gets picked that high come June. But as a mid-round option, uh, as a player with such a relentless motor and a clear identity at the very least at being a checking forward with some yeah. room to grow on the playmaking side is a similar profile kind of to like what Felix Ungersorum was towards the beginning of last year's draft cycle before the playmaking really started to like pervade into his professional tape and like really dominate some junior games, which we have not seen from Hunanen so far this season. But there is a possibility that that happens. And if it does, then you you might see him rocket up some boards with time. But he, he's been a very interesting player to watch so far this season and a very easy player to respect his style. Like he just oh, for sure. constantly works. Yeah. 
for sure. And we love we love hard workers, uh, especially Dauber prospects. Uh, but that wraps things up for our second segment. We'll get into some more pretty interesting 2024 NHL draft prospects we've rossed recently at forward. We'll talk about Justin Poirier, Teddy Stiga, Simon Zetter, and Andre Coach after these messages from our sponsors over at Indeed and Robin Hood. Here at Locked On, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. You don't need to search. You can match with Indeed. Indeed is the place to get quality hires for your job. Um, whether you're looking to uh, be employed or looking to employ, Indeed is a great platform in order to help you out with that. As an employer, uh, it helps you find uh, candidates with the right uh, attributes for your team. It helps you find people that have qualities that work really well, that gel really well with the type of job that you're looking to offer. And as an employee, I really liked it. Um, I got my day job through Indeed, and it was really practical, really useful, really user-friendly, and there are no surprises. You know exactly what to expect. The job description is clear and accurate. The salary is right there. Um, you don't head into things with with a with a muddy idea of what to expect, which is really really good. Um, so take the guesswork um, out of uh, your job search with Indeed. Listeners to this show will get a seventy five dollars uh, sorry seventy five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. So all you have to do is just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in, in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most out of your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started through Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees applies. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. Alrighty, so ending things off with our last glut of four players here that we're going to be talking about. I want to start off with Justin Poirier because I'm a pretty big fan of his game. I, I like these types of players. Undersized, really good score, really good in, in, in soft ice. Um, there are some limitations to his game. I don't think he's necessarily a translatable player. Um, but I like the playing style. He's 5'8", 181. He's playing for Bekomo in the QMJHL. Um, mainly playing set, uh, mainly playing uh, wing, but I, I've seen him uh, take some shifts at center as well. Uh, really, really interesting player. And one of the youngest players from the class is a September 06 birthday. Um, so the translatability might come with time. He definitely has more runway than other prospects. But I have him ranked 58th right now because he's not a player that necessarily um, you know plays between checks. He's not a player who goes from receiving a pass to shooting really quickly. 
Um, he's not necessarily a player who switches lanes and transition consistently. You know, all those little details that I look for in translatable players, I don't really see all there with just St. Paul Yee, but what's for sure is he can shoot the lights out. He's got a fantastic wrister, um, a fantastic back leg wrister, and a, a front leg loaded uh, one-timer. Those are the two main tools that he uses in, in his shooting arsenal. Um, decent skater, but not overwhelming, uh, which at 5'8", 181, you kind of need. Uh, but he's short and stout, which makes him really good um, at shooting inside of a, a body check. So he'll he'll get pressured from behind by a defender, but still be able to get the shot off. So it's small details like that that I think are still something there with Paul Yee. And if he's developed well, maybe you get a second lane shooter out of him. But it's, a, it's more of a long shot than with other prospects, which is why I have him ranked 58th in my personal rankings. Um there are some other players we can discuss, though, here. Um, do you want to start off with Simon Zetter? I mean, we were talking a bit before the show, and you have a pretty clear comparable for him, right? Oh, for sure. I think that it's one that, that you also agree with. Uh, he has certain shades of David Edstrom from last year's draft class in terms of being a defensively reliable, pretty consistent meat and potatoes, six foot three center coming yeah. out of Sweden. Uh, Simon Zetter is very reliable on the ice. Uh, I've, I've quite liked the J20 tape that I've seen so far. He's not an offensive dynamo, despite the production indicating that he would be, uh, yeah. mainly because he's very effective in the offensive zone and being effective is the most important thing at, at the J20 level in, in, in my experience. Yeah. Uh, but he's really effective defensively. He's constantly getting involved, really effective on the PK, uh, reads passing lanes very well, plants himself in those, constantly scanning, readjusting his position in the defensive zone, dropping low in the breakout to support his defensemen. Uh, and in transition, when he's at higher speeds, that is also where his toolkit starts to shine a little bit more. A bit a bit like Lucas Pedersen, he doesn't have the, the, the level of skill that allows him to like uh, solve complex problems at lower speeds. But when he has some pace and some runway, his handling skill can be quite fluid, even if it is a bit limited and simplistic. He's not the most doesn't have like like the most flexible wrists in the world, but uh, he he does what he needs to do, especially at the at the J twenty level. And I've seen him score some really really beautiful, incredible goals off the rush uh, against J twenty competition, uh, which certainly flashes his confidence when he's playing uh, at high speeds and playing with confidence. So he he's an interesting one. In the SHL, he's a lot more what I think he projects to be in the NHL, which is a mean potatoes defensive center who makes simple plays, retains possession, very much possession-oriented. He's not one to gift away the puck very often, and he's very reliable. I think I could easily see a contender going for him in the late first round, as we did, as we saw with uh, Vegas picking Edstrom last year at yep. 32. I could see a similar thing with with Zetter in that like thirty to forty five range uh, in this draft class, but yeah, he's been he's been quite interesting. But the upside is certainly limited to bottom six uh, range for sure. For sure, yeah. Um, with Teddy Stiga from the uh, US NTDP, we've got a bit of the opposite. Um, he's a player who excels in one particular area, and it's his playmaking ability. Um, he's been a great complement to James Hagens. At times, he's been a great complement to Cole Eiserman. Um, and overall, he's just a player who understands the playmaking game really, really well. Outside of that, I think his shot's about average, his skating's about average. Um, overall, he's not a player who necessarily gets involved in transition all that much. And defensively, again, about average. But the playmaking really, really stands out anytime you watch him. He's a player who consistently finds lanes um, off the rush. Um, he's able to slow down the offensive blue line and just hit you in stride uh, if you're his teammate heading in the offensive zone with him. So really good awareness on that end, awareness, awareness of trailers as well. He'll 
he'll kind of feel his defenseman assist him um, in the offensive rush and kind of hit him in stride as well. Um, and in the in the offensive zone, um, I've noticed one thing is that he's really good at taking rim passes and turning them into slot passes. So he's really good at corralling pucks off the boards and quickly playing them into to a teammate in the slot, which has made him really really interesting when playing beside Cole Eisenman. Because that's one thing Eisenman does really well is he'll he'll be ready in the slot for you anytime. Uh, so yeah, I've been particularly interested with what Stiga brings to the game. He's about average sized, um, a player who's uh, about five five ten, one seventy six, slightly undersized, but I, I think he can grow into that frame and become a really interesting player um, overall. If you're looking for a playmaking win- winger, someone who can complement a scoring center really well, uh, and you're looking for a player who might be a bit more of a long term project, I would see him maybe take three four years in the NCAA before uh, hitting the NHL. Um, Teddy Seager's a great bet. I haven't ranked 60th right now, but he showed up in, I think, the top 45 in our Double Prospects rankings, right? Something I believe like he's that. 40th. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, our, our USA our USA scout, David Sod, is a huge fan of his. So, um, overall, he, he's got some interesting profiles and, and a player who you can mold into a really, really good playmaking winger. Um, but last but not least, let's talk about Andre Koch, a player you've been championing pretty much all year, right? Yeah, I've had a soft spot for him all season. Like, I I really respect his style of play. This is a six foot two, hundred fifty seven pound defensive winger, and uh, ever since the Helenka Gretzky Championship, where he stood up to me as one of the best defensive uh, forwards in the entire tournament, I've really kept my eye close on him uh, since then. And he's been really solid. He's been playing some professional hockey this season, uh, in in Mestis especially. uh, he, where he's played 14 games so far this season, has five points, but he's been playing some really good hockey as of recently. The, my, my most recent reviewings have been really quite promising. His toolkit is is very much like a, a, a an NHL style. Like he is very much a, a possession based winger. He aims to get the puck to the offensive zone and then delegate to more skilled teammates uh on the ice and then he gets to dangerous areas gets to the net front uh there's been flashes of playmaking ability that have been really interesting but the consistency has really been lacking there this season so the offensive upside is a lot more theoretical than it is like tangible at this stage but the defensive habits the off puck habits in general the intelligence and the the cerebral nature of his play as a whole is very impressive but but there's there's limited to no top six upside in my view Um, with Andre Koch like maybe he could be like the defensive force on a second line if he's really really well surrounded there but that that would be a little bit of, of a stretch in the projection in my view but if you're looking for a defensive bottom six winger who is going to create advantages pretty consistently that, that you can rely on intense situations that you can send over the boards when you're down a goal or need, need to score a goal uh whatever you might need he's going to do his very best and get and he values possession so so much which is of course important in every single stage of a hockey game so i have an appreciation for andre Koch, even even though that the upside is not the highest and a lot of the projection remains a bit theoretical at this stage uh he's, he's a player that i i have really grown to appreciate this season absolutely I, i'm getting the feel i've got him at 61 right now but yeah i i really like this kind of mold of player but that wraps things up for today's show thank you very much for tuning in if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first listen of the day for your second listen of the day make sure to check out locked on sports today to call your news and updates about what's going on around sports on a 24 7 youtube channel and make sure to tune in for our next shows as we continue our prospects coverage for the month of february this has been hattie calakesh with sebastian high we hope you tune in next time